0: And talking to our
1: friends. Book Club. Hello, oh, everyone, and welcome to the Hellboy Book Club. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with Aubrey loveless and I'm Danielle, and I'm Michael Omi.
0: Whoa! Whoa. Hey. <laughs> All right.
1: excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate yes, it. Yes, thank you
2: thank you for having me. I'm super excited.
1: You know, um, we were hanging out on Mike Mignola's Art. It's a great Facebook group that we're we talk about a lot on the podcast, and you had posted a really cool pinup of Hellboy and Abe, and you had said that you were listening to our podcast uh, in the post, and then I think somebody asked you about it, and then you posted a link to our show as well, and I was like, wow, what is happening <laughs> here? <laughs> so I, I, I really appreciate that. That's like it's It's cool to know that Not only have you contributed some really great work to uh, the Hellboy universe, but you're like in there in the community with everybody else, like hanging out and talking about the comics and stuff. So that's just a delight whenever I find out that the books that we love, the the artists that are involved, love them, too. And I think that's kind of what makes it so great.
2: Oh, thanks, man. It, It is neat. Every time you guys talk to one of the artists or other creators um that's the thing right we're, we're all fans you know nobody's doing work for hire on a hellboy or bprd thing right it's like right i mean it's technically work for hire but you're not doing it because oh, okay it's another job you know you're doing because you love this world that that mike created and uh, yeah that night i was drawing something else completely different and i was just listening <laughs> to you guys you were talking about matt smith's um bones of giant books with with chris golden mm-hmm. and i just started sketching and then the sketching just kept going and then as far as promoting the thing like you know like the social media is such a hellscape like the only way that i manage it is just by posting about things that i like whether it's other artists or creators or this you know this podcast and you know just putting a spotlight on something positive and then stopping myself from complaining about things (laughs) or (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. right. so like that, yeah. you know.
3: Well, we wow. definitely appreciate it yeah. yes and i think uh like you were you both were mentioning earlier is um the mignola verse has such excellent fans because of that and and because you know you guys are supporting each other and are really you're in love with the the material and um i think that that really comes through it so,
2: really does yeah. yeah thanks yeah yeah we're all fans for sure i mean it's this is one of the, the coolest things i remember the day like in the early 90s when um, Legend was was announced and I i had been a fan of, of Mike's going back to like the early 80s, because um, when I first got into comics, the Marvel house style was very strong. Yep, um, right. And it's something I appreciate now. But back then, you know, uh, you know, it didn't excite me at the time. Um, so anybody who stood out like a, Art Adams was first. He's the reason why I'm a comic book artist, to be honest.
0: Oh, wow! Um, oh, yeah,
2: but, like seeing like Rick Leonardi or Steve Lee, Aloha or oh. Kevin Nolan, like anybody different. And Mike, even though his art is different than it is now, he he stood out even back then. Oh. Um, so then when we first saw like Legend and at that point, Mike started really becoming a, a huge influence on me and, and everybody else already. And I remember the first time Adam and I because Adam Hughes and I were old friends I and mean, I've known him since I was about 12 or 13. Uh, he grew up in one town over wow. for me. So we
4: wow. Yeah,
2: he was he's kind of my, my nerd sensei. Like he just showed me stuff like <laughs> Blade Runner and he's like, Well, you've never seen Blade Runner. What? That's and then, great. you know. Uh, and so like all that new stuff would come out and you know, we talk about it and and we got that hellboy. He came back from I think like San Diego Con or something like that with that Hellboy um ash can. And I even, we didn't even know at the time that those were horns on his heads. We thought they were goggles. You know? Right, right. And like <laughs> from that moment on, you just became entrenched in like every line that Mike drew down, every composition or weird position or that Mignola punch, you know, that kind of goes up at a 45 angle degree.
0: <laughs> um,
2: like we just became fascinated with it every step of the way. And, and I think everybody who's a fan of his, especially artists are like that. You just get sucked into like, analyzing like why did he do that and why does it work and you know it just it's a gift that just kind of keeps giving
1: yeah yeah i, I did want to talk about that because it sounds like you were um you know you were a fan of the book from the beginning and <laughs> when they kind of decided to spin off the move the book to bprd you know they had those four issues that came out they were all by kind of different teams. And they were kind of like finding their footing with the BPRD series. And you were a big part of that, I think, with, with Soul of Venice. Can you talk a little bit about how that project came about or how you got involved with that book?
2: Yeah, I mean, that that was so exciting to to be able to be part of it. And at the time, you know, I had no idea that the BPRD or the rest of the Mignolaverse was going to become what it was, right? Um, yeah. So, So doing this story was just... I just felt like well this is one chance to do this one this one off thing and it was really cool uh got to work with uh, miles gunter who's a good friend of mine um so we were creating some other books at the time together and then the process was really neat because mike would like for the cover that we did he sent me sketches of what what he was thinking you know so i got oh, to cool. of Uh <laughs> um, and he was in new york at the time so we started talking more i knew him from like conventions and stuff but around that time I like, I bopped up around his apartment and, you know, came by to see him and stuff. And we talked a bit about the work, although I don't remember if at this point he had moved yet or not, but the point was you know, to get to do this story and really allow myself to embrace all my Mignola influence without any apologies about it. Was <laughs> <not a point.
1: laughs> nice. Yeah. Just go all in. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I wish I, I wish I realized or knew at the time what BPRD and all of this other universe was going to be because I just kind of, it was a great moment. And then I just went full head steam. You know, I, I mean, I was working on Powers, which was always my main yeah, my yeah. Main book and stuff. But um, had I realized that there was going to be more opportunities to work on, on BPRD, I think I would have knocked on the door more. as, hey, can I have some more, please? You know, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it is neat being part of that, like really early rounds, maybe the first issue, I, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, literally like, one of the very first stories and it has the whole team in there. Yeah. And uh, I noticed that you have a writing credit on there. I was, I was wondering if I could ask you like, what um, do you, do you remember like what portions of the story you might've contributed to in terms of the writing?
2: I think they were just being kind. Like it was, it was, oh. really, <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, it was,
2: it was really miles and Mike's uh, story or Mike's story kind of plotted it out. And then I believe miles uh, scripted it from there. And then Mike would put in notes and stuff. Um, I mean I'm a storyteller from the point of view of that's what and, and I, I mean I believe that all artists are co-writers. I believe the same thing of the right colorists as well. Like a talking sure. work on oh, yeah. um, you know, um Murder Inc. is telling a story just as much as I am. Dave Stewart is telling as much of a story as Mike is. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so, in that sense they yeah, it was very generous and kind of them
1: a
3: very collaborative spirit yeah over yeah. there yeah. that's good to hear that's excellent.
1: Did you continue to follow the book uh the b p r d book afterwards
3: I did, but
2: you know those books were there' were so much so many of them, and that, that was yeah. how i I got turned on to you guys was um I lost track of the books after a while, and then the, the different spin offs and um, I started getting back into them, and I found myself a little lost. And that's when I started listening to your podcast.
3: That's what right. we're Kind of oh, in the wow. beginning to
2: refresh myself. And I was refreshing <laughs> myself on Hubboy yeah. oh itself and then the BPRD stuff. And um, that got me into, I don't want to say I, it's my favorite of all of Mike's stuff, but you know, I, I just recently read, um, I can't say his name, uh, Keshik.
1: Kashi. Death Kashi Death yes. Oh, my
2: God. Every page is a fairy tale or weird folklore um it's like hellboy and elric all thrown together and it's just the coolest thing i've ever read and that's and I, the and best one me, yeah, yeah. If it wasn't for you guys podcast and listening to you guys talk while
1: i was drawing it's possibly oh, the wow. best review we've yeah, ever received really? yeah. yes, thank There's you no stronger <laughs> recommendation i know <laughs> but i'm also like yes i'm glad that you read that one cuz i i think that that was that that's been one of the best spin-offs it's that, a good one. that that he's had yeah, yeah. That, that's a really good one well I, I, the reason i was asking you about the re- if you had read the rest of the BPRD was because you know uh, the 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 character that you guys work with in the Soul of Venice Cloacina this kind of like love interest for Roger the homunculus like when they tie up Roger's storyline later like they come back around to all that and it's very emotional. And it's yeah. one of those, it's one of those scenes where Mignola comes back in to do the pencils and no one's going to, no one knows he's going to do it. You just turn the page and you see and the Mignola it is, pages yeah. Of, <laughs> and it's like a, uh, it's like, wow. And, and that's, that's your, your story, you know, that he's coming back to and seeing, One of the things that I like is when different artists draw the same thing, so you get to see Mignola's take on the Cloacina statue, you know, that that you drew Mm. in Soul of Venice. So anyway, I think all all that stuff is really cool. And it's like, I don't know, if you think of the Hellboy universe, like it's all what makes it cool is it's all built on top of each other. You know yeah. and and you're like a vital brick in that wall you yeah. know what i mean like you have a like if you pulled that out you know there's a whole uh, there's stuff. it wouldn't
3: have had the emotional impact that exactly it did. When, they, when
1: they come back around to it and i think it's called the universal machine or something like that were it, you aware
3: that they were gonna no no um
2: to be honest, like I, you know, I can't keep track of everything. Um, so, <laughs> I, you know, I wasn't even aware of that. I'm sure I've seen the art, but I didn't. Uh, I wasn't aware of that. And I also have a horrible, horrible memory, so I sure. didn't remember like that's even the character's name. Um, the main thing that I remember is is it's and it's really ironic because <laughs> me drawing that statue was just me trying to draw a mignola statue, and then Mike <laughs> wow. is drawing. The statue based on me trying to draw his
1: yes statue. <laughs> that's awesome that's amazing yeah it all comes back around there's very something, good
3: there's something quite touching about that yeah.
2: actually yeah yeah and you're right you're right about like how layered his universe is it's one of the most resonant comic book universes like things have meaning in
4: mm-hmm. ways
2: that they they don't in others and that's not even a criticism of others because you don't always need that level of resonance sure. or nostalgia but he makes it able to to tie these things in together and his co-creators you know christopher golden and, yeah. and roberson and others are, are able to bring it all together so that like there's real meaning to stuff which is also cool because there's so much like folklore and bizarre mythology that
0: <laughs> yeah. Doesn't, yeah it does have
2: it's like it's like an abstract painting it does have meaning but it doesn't you know so like to have those two things are, are, are pretty amazing
3: yeah you you touched on that earlier about how everybody that's working on it really cares and that that really does come through.
4: I was just kind of curious, like, how did the Ape Sapien uh, One-Shot The Land of the Dead come about?
3: Ooh. Um, I think I, I had just finished working
2: on, or I was in the, in the, the, the context of working on um, a series for Dark Horse called The Victories, which is okay. one of the few series that I wrote and drew myself. And we, it was going on for about mm-hmm. two years. And the editor of that um, asked me to, you know, he just knew I was a big fan, and it's just been a while since I, I had done anything in the Mignola verse. So uh, they asked me a board, and, it, you know, I jumped at it, and it's one of the, my favorite things. Abe Sapien is one of my favorite characters. Uh, to be honest, I, I kind of like drawing Abe better than hellboy because hellboy is intimidating and like he's, he's kind of like bart simpson like if you don't draw it exactly <laughs> right
0: uh
2: i mean corbin and a few others can do their own hellboy and it and it respectively feels like their own and it feels like the right character but when i draw him if it's off it doesn't it feels like uh like an imitator you know
0: yeah
2: <laughs> um, but abe there's something about abe he's 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 kind of special i don't know if it's the lines on his face They kind of do all the work for you. You really went ham
0: on
3: Abe, and I really appreciate it. This book is fantastic. Oh, thank you. It it
1: really is.
4: I really like the way you
1: draw Abe. Yeah, Yeah. super good. There's there's some great, like, wordless pages in that book where it's just the art. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. the pacing, you've got the pacing in there. um, We've got some mood shot panels in there as well
3: of all these, like, um, um, reliefs and statues and things like that. I mean, it's... I can, you know, I think we can tell that you really enjoyed doing this book because it really translates. Beautiful. Oh, thanks.
2: Yeah, and my favorite part of drawing really, like, is the acting, you know, is that that those moments like, you know, Roger sitting next to the statue or Abe's facial features are both limitless and limited at the same time because it's Mm non-human, but you can get more abstract with it. Like, just his eyes, just the way his eyes can move on a page. Um, And there's an inherent... know mike was so good at creating these tragic monsters you know that's what he grew up with right and he's able to to get that across in these these characters and there's a sense of like melancholy with them and it's just so fun to draw (laughs) Um,
4: (laughs) and
2: and that's my favorite part is if i can find an emotional thing whether abe is scared Like, you know, when he's fighting, I want him to look like he might die, you know, or he's, he's scared. He's, he's allowed to be afraid.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: And that, that's my favorite part when, when I'm working on this stuff.
3: Your style is so strong and so fluid that it really does lend itself well to animation. And my, my, I mean, when I, when I'm reading these stories, it it looks animated. Like it looks like it could be an animated series. So it's, it's, um, yeah, that does, that definitely comes across for sure.
4: Thank you i do question which abe do you prefer original abe or mutated abe
2: <laughs> i
3: haven't drawn mutated abe i think if i draw
2: him i might feel differently because there's so many you can get so much more abstract with with mutated yeah. abe um but i'm old school you know i was i i I've, you know so i like i like right now i like old abe
1: right on yeah. yeah yeah tactical vest or the sweater have you ever- <laughs> 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 we, we used to always we used to always joke about the sweater that he wore mm. in the when he oh. like worked in the lab for a while or whatever, I don't know if you. It's, ta- it's kind of <laughs> like Hellboy's
2: jacket. I I think I like both the vest and Hellboy's jacket the best because I've never drawn them a hundred percent correct. There's there's like Mike has specific <laughs> designs. Like I can't figure out how he's doing Hellboy's collar, no matter how many times I look at <laughs> it. it like on one side and like the seam comes on the inside, but then so like there's something about like I can draw both the vest and Hellboy's jacket all day because. I feel like I'll never get it right and in a way that motivates me to just keep doing more.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, he drew a great shirtless Abe as well, though. Oh,
1: yeah. There you go. (laughs) He is lit. Yeah.
3: yeah, well, that's it.
1: I actually, uh, I have a really cool Hellboy commission by you, and he's got the, you've got the trench coat You mean coat I off. have a really cool oh, Hellboy is it yours? commission by oh, okay, Michael <laughs> <it. laughs> But uh, uh, I, I wanted that's in fine. the, uh, we talked about the Mike Mignola's art on Facebook, I wanted in the Buff Raffle um, one year, uh, they were doing a raffle on there and uh mm. yeah I, w- I was able to win that and so that's oh, one that. cool. but, it, but it, it's got the collar you you've got a good looking collar yeah, good. on there yeah
0: looks great <laughs>
2: <laughs> well thank you i keep trying
1: moving on to like um the winter special story mood swings can you talk about that project working with chelsea kane i think that was her first time working on the hellboy books right
2: yeah chelsea's a good friend of ours she's, she's you know we're local here in the, the portland area Oh, cool! Um, so it was just super cool to get to work with her. Um, before the show here, I, I tried to dig up the issues that I had, but we're in a perpetual state of moving for the past five years, so like books. Are <laughs> oh, no. So I wasn't able to find my copy of that, but it was really fun drawing those characters, uh, and and I got to be more cartoony than than usual. In my hallway stuff in that that issue, and it worked yeah. out really well.
4: Oh yeah, the artwork um, in this one is just amazing. You know, and
2: Chelsea's a great writer. It was my first chance to work with her, and and it came together great, and it's just. Again, it was super exciting. And and I, I don't know why every time I had these little chances to work on them, I just didn't ask for more immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess I'm thinking about that because I, I I turned 50 relatively recently. And when that happened, I was like looking back on things and thinking about how blessed I've been. Like I've really set out yeah. and accomplished all of my childhood dreams of what i wanted to do as a, as a comic book creator because i i'd really come up reading a lot of creator own stuff and while i was reading superhero stuff i never was like drawing superhero stuff right. so yeah, i was thinking about that and the success of powers and like these solid relationships that i have um you know through comics uh and then was looking forward and thinking about well what else do i want to do and and the Hellboy, I felt, I felt that the, the Mignola gap in there a little bit, you know, and I was like, oh man, all those times I've only done like three or four things, but I wish there was more, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, so I'm really happy that we did that. And then recently did a, a 1952
1: or 54. It was dish. 56.
2: Fifty six. okay. tells yeah. told my memories.
1: <laughs> <terrible>. Somewhere around <laughs> there. Into the 50s. Into the 50s. Well, so, yeah, I, I did want to talk about 1956 as well, because this is like 15 years after Soul of Venice. And mm. I was thinking, like, what does your art process look like from working on a book like Soul of Venice to doing 1956? I mean, has your art process changed a lot uh, in approaching those two books or just across all, the, across all those four stories that we've talked about, I guess?
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely changed. Um, that issue haunts me a little bit because oh, no. it wa- it was sort of where I'm in between, I'd say in the past I, I, I don't know how many years maybe five or six years, I've really embraced digital work. Um, nice, part of that nice. is because my my eyes you know <laughs> Sure, yeah. You can it's pinch hard. It's hard looking at stuff in <laughs> yeah. I want to like focus like they used to. So like now I, now at this point I'm very comfortable switching back and forth, like at you know, going completely digital. Like when I did this book uh for I did Dick Tracy for a while and, and that was hundred percent digital. Oh, wow. Um Murder Inc. has gone from analog to digital. Right now I'm doing stuff that's completely analog, but that particular story I was just finished with Dick Tracy and I was stuck somewhere in between a cartoonishness and using digital and analog in a way that I felt I was a little tripped up on that story. And so it's, the, it's mm. the one story I'm, I just wish I had a second chance at. So it's fine, but, you know, it's just not what I, I'd wanted to be, especially with Vera, right? She's such like a creepy
1: yeah. little, <laughs> little
2: character. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's some, some behind the scenes there. As I was struggling with the digital at the same time, so some of those pages I kind of went back and forth between digital and analog, and and um, yeah, I just kind of felt tripped up on that one.
1: Okay, that well, was we
2: just, really you know, just
3: figuring stuff out, you know. We yeah. really appreciate the insider perspective on that, but um, you know, you're your own worst critic, and I, you know, we all were very much like,
4: oh,
1: Holmington yeah. Yeah. Vivaro, wow, <laughs> yeah. this is so great. Like, so yeah. you know, it really seemed like you were having a lot <laughs> of fun really with the with the character, it. you know, like yeah. Um, good I'm
2: glad that's how it came across and it's not like it was it was it definitely was not a bad experience for me in any way it's just I wanted to be more of a you know every time you do Hellboy you wanted to be a home run right yeah for sure yeah and then you know sometimes you get the third base and that's great too
3: (laughs) (laughs) we love it
1: you know we have talked about that on the show before like when artists have to draw little kids, you know? And so I was wondering, I'm like, particularly you know, is, it, is it, is it fun? You know, is, 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 with is, that. Is, is that a fun thing to draw, to draw a little girl, you know, for most of the issue or, you know, is that, is that the type of thing you she, enjoy?
2: She, I had the most fun drawing her.
1: Yeah. We can yeah. tell. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I love, think so. I, I, She's great. To
2: be honest, I love drawing kids. I love their weird proportions and stuff. Um, maybe it's because <laughs> my wife says I have the proportions of a, like a toddler. I got
0: a toddler. You know, I'm like
2: really stocky with a big head.
0: <laughs> Sometimes she'll
2: see, a, she'll see a toddler like running across the street and goes, look, that's how you run.
0: Oh, no. Um,
2: so, uh, so yeah, yeah, and then I've had a lot of practice and, and you know, uh, one of the books that Brian and I did was called Takio, and it was based on Brian's daughter and Takio. and Brian's daughter just fell in love with Takio and felt like she was a big sister since she was oh. little. So she came up with this idea. To do, literally called Takio It's Taki and Olivia. Um, so drawing oh, kids was oh, uh, lots sweet. of fun, and yeah. So like, I get that it's a challenge. Um, but but if you, I guess like cars and horses, if you tap into it, it's really yeah. good. But if you sure. don't, it's hard. And I'm definitely not a car or horses person. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So that was a book where the art duties were split up between yourself, Mike Norton, and Yishan Lee. Was there any collaboration there, or did you just have your own pages, or how did they delve out those art duties? I guess
2: we just had our own pages, um, and I was pretty much working in a vacuum of it, which is good because seeing those guys would have been too intimidating. Oh. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, we're you know, we I'm not putting myself down. We're, we've all got our Things you know, but most artists are just always looking at somebody else's work and just going like, ah, "I'm not that good." <laughs> not like I'm not that good. Like I'm not good enough. Like, but I'm not as good as them. You know. Um, what I'm
3: hearing is that you have a lot of respect and admiration <laughs> for these artists.
2: Yeah, there you go. Well,
0: it seems <laughs> like it's, uh, you know, it's,
2: it's true. I mean, um, you know, one of the other. I mean, the the, the cover artist for those was Dave Johnson, who's another longtime friend of mine. Every time I do a cover, I ask myself what what would Dave do, and, I, and I'm constantly thinking about covers from from his perspective. He's so great at, and you've seen this on his Hellboy and BPRD stuff, Is he can yeah. tell a story, he can tell a clever story, at, or he can do something completely with just composition. One of the things that sticks out in my mind that that I imitate quite a bit, honestly, is he did one of the Abe Sapien covers where it was all like twisted like an octopus. There wasn't an octopus on it, but it was like Abe's half his face was just kind of twisting oh, up oh right yeah. the devil
1: you jest or something like there that there you go yeah yeah,
2: yeah. And, yeah and when I saw it the one. way he just liquefied that face and it felt fluid and it felt like it was moving you know it had that animated push pull kind of thing so yeah. um anytime i do something liquidy i'm always thinking of either <laughs> dave johnson stuff or eric canetti is also very good at that that kind of vibe nice and you know mike's mike's work is is often stagnant but also he will break out of that these times to do these kind of you know really animated flowing things like i remember there was one i think it I'm not, I'm not sure if it was in the head story but he was fighting it was hellboy fighting a, a dragon that kind of looked like an alligator and like all of the lines in the composition were just giving it this this sense of flow
1: yeah um, i think that's called nature of the beast that's okay I, um yeah i i know exactly what you're talking about yeah so
2: i mean but we're, we're all of us i think are, are like that um and it's good because it's what keeps
1: you motivated right like That's what what I was going to say. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it it gives you some drive. You know what I mean to always be pushing forward. And I think that, well, and like all artists, I mean, Mignola included. If you look at your early stuff or when you first kind of broke into comics, and then now, I mean, you've really like defined your style over the years. And I think that's also, you know, evident looking at the four stories, you know, and how they're kind of laid out across the years.
2: Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, that's one of the things that I. loved about mike's work was was the, the evolution you know from when i was a fan back in i think i was first a fan when i saw it was like a peter parker or web of spider-man backup story and there was some sort of weird dream sequence and like the hobgoblin was like breaking through a ceiling oh, um, man i need to find that
1: <laughs> yeah, i think i know what you're talking about yeah cool
2: image and like i just remember mike talking about how he learned on the job you know and, and yeah. you can see that that evolution through his work and it's interesting like even though i've been following it since then since like the early 80s and like really literally studying it he's still this sort of constant enigma you know like
0: <laughs> there's a lot of
2: other artists i know like i mean i'm close friends with adam but I, I i while i can't do anything like adam can do i understand his thought process and like his choices yeah. mike seems to be working in like this sort of like hypnotic subconscious <laughs> level you know, like I think he knows what he's doing and why he's doing it, but he's able to sort of reach way back under the iceberg of his id and pull out these weird right. choices, which is why when you look at it and you're going, that shouldn't work, but it fucking does <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's a lot of like interviews or like prologues in the trades and stuff like that where he talks about like this is the way the story went or the story took him in the- mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of the kind of hit, but that's kind of what you're hitting on there is like. I don't know. He's letting the, he's letting it guide him. He almost him seems pissed
3: off sometimes about it too. Cause he's like, well, I wasn't planning on drawing a whole book, but I guess I did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and everyone's like, that. this is incredible.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, it's, that, yeah. this is
3: such a common thread too. Um, with, you know, all the artists and everybody, they've all got a healthy dose of humility mixed together with so much appreciation for all their fellow artists. And so it's amazing to hear that you all have such an appreciation for one another. And, agree with you about their work but i i have to disagree with you about your own work because it's awesome yeah i'm
2: happy with my work i I don't i don't want (laughs) to you know paint it however but you know it's just yeah you always you're always striving for
3: you're conscious that you're always growing and evolving and 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 moving on which is which is also good
0: yeah yeah
2: exactly it's it's healthy i think (laughs) and i think i think mike thinks about his work like i realized recently like how much paintings have um really informed the way he goes about. It. And he's talked about this. Like he, when he looks at Frazetta's work, it's not the, the line work that he's looking at, or the, it's more like the shapes that the paint is making. Yeah. Um, and if you see it's like his Facebook page, he's always posting about other artists, um, classic artists, modern artists.
0: Right. So I think
2: he's looking at that subconscious level and thinking about paintings on that kind of level, which is why it works in his his work. And like, while you can imitate sort of like the line work and, and certain techniques, I'd almost argue that he's created techniques that is just a school now, like there's so many artists, for sure. myself included, yeah. who are working with those kind of lines and line styles that he created. It's almost it's almost like saying that the, the Jack Kirby school or the, or the John Passema school, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. But he's pulled so much of that other stuff from this deep subconscious part, I think, of appreciating art, that it comes out in a completely unique way and like no, nobody can do what he does.
3: Absolutely. We call that Mignola-esque over
0: here. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. You, you mentioned before that um, there's Mignola art in your collection. Is that
0: oh sure, for real,
3: or do you want to make all of our listeners oh, yeah. jealous? <laughs> I got uh, a several.
2: That. I don't know if I should tell you the best or the worst story first. Okay, oh.
1: okay. Let's right. hear the worst one. Let's hear the worst I'll, one. I'll
2: start with the best Oh, Okay, okay. There we
1: go. I've
2: got some of the artwork from Bones of Giants from the novel, which includes oh. a silhouette Ooh. of Thor holding his hammer. But, um, yeah. The the Valkyrie, which I forget her name, but she's oh. like super cool. I'd love to do a series about her. She's badass.
3: I would oh, love so that. Cool. I would <laughs> also
2: love that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've got those on my wall. Um, so there's a handful of pages from those. And I had some other pages of his over the years, which I had to ask him if it was okay. I had to sell them at a certain point because of like life reset and all that kind of stuff. Right. Sure. So I've got, I've got pieces in, and I'm super happy with them. And I got to ink him once. Um, he did a cover for... One of my very first creator-owned things was called Ship of Fools with Brian Glass. He penciled the cover and I inked it. So I've got that on my wall and I'm very, very happy with that. That's oh, amazing. Wow. <laughs> That's <really awesome. laughs> now the horrible story. Okay. This, is, this is horrible. Oh no. Early, early 2000s, um, I had the page from Hellboy where we first see the aliens. Um, and they've got like, there's that big spiral image of uh, space behind them and they've got their helmets and their computers and
0: they're
2: they're, they're talking about the um, (laughs) I had that page like the first appearance of these aliens right so cool I sent it to Dave Johnson for his birthday it never arrived
0: oh Oh, no. no
2: and I was young so I didn't have like I didn't think of like tracking or any of that kind of stuff you know so there was nothing that could be done it was just gone Oh, oh man! I just, I, I've, Somewhere I've, I've there's a postal worker thing. with an incredible piece of art. <laughs> like, let's just hope that they appreciate yeah,
3: it. Uh,
1: wow! I know. Like but honestly, I
2: hope we did. I hope somebody has it. Like I'd rather it be stolen and some yes. somebody never say anything about it
1: than right. Uh, it's like it. sitting in some post office and some lost and found, like for oh, years or I don't God. know. Gosh. <laughs> That's, yeah. We should yeah, like. That's we that's should that's that's try and find down. this. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Determined to track this thing down. Now I'm going to like.
3: If you have any information on this, no questions asked. We will <laughs> pursue. Yeah, no right punishment. On. We just, just want, want to see of
2: it. Life. Proof of life. That's all we need. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. That's a hard. That's a hard one too because it's not just like. A cool Hellboy page, right? You know, that's it's, yeah. It's, it's a like part
1: of the history. It's like, we share your oh, grief. That was yeah. And yeah. that was such a weird page. Yeah, dude, it was because weird. are we like, what is this? It just cut to that uh-huh. one page, and you're just like, what is <laughs> happening? And then that, that's it. That's all that you got for a while. It lives yeah. on in our hearts.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, wow. that was a tough one. That was that's a that was a hard loss.
4: Uh one of the staples of the Hellboy universe is artists redrawing famous scenes in their own style, often in a flashback. Are there any scenes or moments that you'd like to draw?
2: Oh there there are I mean there's there's tons. Uh well it's,
4: it's hard to say because part of it is like, well, there's my favorite scenes that that
2: Mike have drawn in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that I'd want to tackle those, right? Right, um, right. Yeah, that's, that's a, a comment. I would need a couple days to think about it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, you I can know, tell you my two, my two favorite images or three that that are off the top of my head. Um, one was where you first had the, the image of the right hand of doom. And there's a shot of uh, of uh, Rasputin and he's holding his hand. And behind him are all these tilted uh, buildings and the, the apocalypse. Oh, um, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, right. that's one of my very, very favorite images. The other one was relatively recent. It was from Hellboy in Hell where he is... Uh, standing on like the the spherical fireball of earth i guess um, oh
1: that's um from the devil you know i think that's is that one of the covers or
2: i think so yeah it's like a round yeah.
1: fireball that he's standing on top of um, yeah and there's
2: something again because i can't understand the thought process behind it it's <laughs> it's so symbolic it feels like a hieronymus Bosch piece yeah. where you're just looking at it and you're just going like
0: what <laughs> <laughs> it
2: feels right so so off the top of my head those are, are two of my favorites nice nice yeah but i, I couldn't say what i would want to recreate well Maybe times it'll, it'll be
3: like in the script it'll be like oh and then and we flash back to baby hellboy when he was doing whatever and stuff like that yeah. <laughs> it's just like did you ever find yourself with your fingers crossed like oh gosh i really <laughs> hope that i get to do liz being whatever like yeah. exploding into a fireball or something
1: i thought <laughs> like it the uh well, a lot of times they'll flash back to the Hellboy fighting the Baba Yaga and shooting her eye. Yeah. I don't know how many yeah. different artists have done that one. That yeah. would be a cool, I would love It'd to see that Be in the Baba Yaga one. club. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that would be a cool
2: one. Yeah, you know, I mean, that, that's probably the type of stuff I'd want to do. Like I was, I was, as a kid, I was very much into sort of the elves and fairy lore stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Any, any of that kind of stuff would really, that would be really fun to, to read, to redo. Um, I've always had like a weird fascination with elves. I think like. Nice why like comics and like hellboy and, and characters like that are are because i like my fantasy i want it to literally take me away to go to another place and i think that's why I like non-human characters whether they're an elf or you know hellboy or abe um or roger are mm-hmm. really my favorites um yeah because they they're that extra step outside of like they're even more so than like liz or spider-man or anybody else but even more separated from reality, which
1: right, yeah. that, that's
2: what I I want my my fantasy and fiction to take me.
1: I, I guess, and I was going to ask that is like if you could take a crack at a character, or if you could like you know pitch a a book in the Hellboy universe, like who who would you want to draw? Or they even
3: would... tackle the fairies and and all that, that whole world, all those characters. Yeah,
1: yeah, you could definitely have something It'd be amazing. You could put as many the fairies whole like, Excalibur <laughs> plot line. Yeah,
3: well, I was going to say like Duncan's
2: work with all that, like. <sighs> He kind of said it all, you know, like uh yeah. It that would be a hard act to follow. Can a little more. <laughs> you could say or you could say something. I mean, we're in line. I mean, I think what, you know, yeah, like Duncan got his work was just amazing on there. Um yeah, but, but if I was to do more character stuff, I mean, I like, I like the, the, the sort of Fantastic Four version. You know, it's like... Nice. You know, Abe and Liz and, uh, and Roger and, you know, Johan, throw him in there. Back to you basics. Know? Yeah. I like, I like, I like the, the the really core of the group. Um, I mean, I like everybody um, yeah. as the series has gone on and grown. And they all have, like, really interesting uh, backstories. And, like, there's even characters I'm still not aware of, and i just seen them through the artwork. Um, like, I need, to, I need to read the
1: Hyborian stuff.
2: Oh, um, yeah, that that's
1: really interesting to me. You know, that's um, that's some really good stuff. Yeah, yeah,
2: but I'm down for Abe. Abe is just my favorite. Nice, nice.
4: nice.
1: Oh, I would love to see that. I'd so would I. Another, another Abe Abe yeah. um, let's do it. So, um, we have some questions from our listeners too. Um, oh, sure. so a uh, Devin Daniel asked, uh, "How did you go about finding your own unique version of Hellboy and still staying faithful to Mignola's work on the character?" And I guess you could also expand this question to like. You know, Liz and Abe. You've you've gotten to draw a couple of the other Hellboy universe characters. Yeah,
2: with Hellboy, it's hard because again, like, like I said, for for me, it's if like I'm rarely happy with my my Hellboy drawings. I'm not. There's nothing that I've drawn about Hellboy that I, that I'm that I dislike. Um, but he's such a challenge to draw, and it's sort of a combination of like I'm either exactly trying to draw Hellboy like Mike, but also not because I know that's not what it's not what i really want to do and i know that's not what that's not what mike appreciates about other people drawing him yet if it doesn't look quite <clears throat> right to me then it doesn't look right so yeah i just struggle with, with with hellboy um i just make sure i get i make sure that i don't forget my own cartoonishness when i'm working on that stuff you know yeah, like even if yeah. i'm using more jagged and and mike mignola like lines i i think about the underdrawings and make sure it's still my kind of bouncy roundy stuff yeah um, Yeah. Ava's a lot easier and 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 Liz is too you know um I feel less intimidated there there's just you know you know Hellboy's got specific shoes sure less <laughs> yeah. to live up to
3: right yeah Your animated style really lends itself very well to that universe
1: so yeah really
3: and I liked the
1: uh, Hellboy with the little Christmas antlers yeah whatever. that was good oh that was really cute. cute
2: oh that was a lot of fun that that issue was a lot of fun drawing all that snow was really challenging because there's a lot of artists that i that i love specifically the way they do snow um and it's always mm-hmm. a thing that's been a challenge for me and I, and I looked at adam's issue and like you know it just looks like it's it came from another dimension the way he does it uh <laughs> it feels so real um pardon me i had a lot of a lot of fun with that stuff um and that was probably the most right i felt drawing hellboy was in that story like i i felt like it was it a was good balance um, sort of being an homage to Mike, but but being yeah. myself as, as well.
1: Yeah, and I, 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 if we're talking about coming back to mood swings, um, I do really appreciate the the way that you drew the little bird, and like one of the things that like because we have a bird, and one of the things that I don't like is like in a lot of times in movies, mm. like that's the first thing they do is like they kill they kill the bird as or a whatever. joke.
3: It's funny, right? Yeah. And What's so that,
1: that kind of happens in the beginning of this book, but then at the end, the bird's freed. It's fine, and you do a really good. You really like emphasize that it gets out and goes back to its little nest and i was like we
3: appreciated that, <laughs>
1: <I loved> that. <laughs> we appreciated that it was like all
3: these explosions and things are happening and it's it's um, chaos but I'm the bird is you. fine
2: i'm with you like i i can draw a lot of horrible stuff in my comics and i have in powers um but yeah with the animals you know um i remember like taki and i were watching the lighthouse which i wanted to love so much you get to this one scene, and we're like, yeah. "All right, we're done. I know it's CG, yeah. but I'm done." Yeah. Um, oh, Wow.
3: Yeah, I'm you the know. same way. I'm very much like, "No, we're fast forwarding through this. I'm not. I'm going to yeah. pretend like yeah. that didn't happen." He's taking a nap. It's fine. Like yeah. I'm just very <laughs> <the fairy. thing laughs> <what's>
2: brilliant. <laughs> what's brilliant is there's this new movie coming out, and I'm sure all of your fans listening to this will want to see. it. Is this called like Sisu? Um, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've heard of
1: that. Yeah, yeah. It, so it looks In awesome. their new yeah. commercial,
2: like they show that he has a dog with him, and like. The dog is cute, but you were asking, will the dog get hurt? And then, oh. like in the commercial, they're saying the dog doesn't die. <laughs> <laughs> All right? This is the best number
3: one way to get me to see that movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like we are watching The Green Knight, and I remember the whole time, like I'm yeah. loving it. And he's
3: running off that fox.
2: I'm like, this fox dies, man. I'm done. <laughs> I'm out.
3: Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of The Green Knight? I absolutely love it. So uh, amazing. You know, I yeah, insisted it, on it seeing is, the theater. I had to see in the theater. I was so excited for it. I still haven't seen it. Yeah, we're. I'm just. We're just trying to figure out like
2: which version of the DVD to get because I want right? to have like all the extras and stuff. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. You
3: got to get the extras. It is, yeah. It's so brilliant,
2: and it without being like a, a Hellboy thing, it, it fits in that sensibility it so totally well. Does. You know, it like, totally does. The ending isn't spoon fed to you, which is something no, right? that. Yeah. That, that perfect. that's in a lot of Mike's work. Um, Taki and I have talked about that film endlessly about like when the character does or doesn't die there's like three different points in 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 the story where it either happens or doesn't happen and does it matter no like that's what's nuts it's it's almost like if he died in the forest does it matter because the rest is still playing this is about him and his sense of self and some sense of redemption or not redemption and what he goes through with it even if he's dead or not which maybe as a hellboy fan that's where we connected to it really is you know, wow. even when Hellboy dies, he still has choices to make, and he's in this other place. But things have resolved, and yet there's still resonance. And the way that that this film goes about those, like that's everything I want in a story.
3: Completely, and I get when
2: people hate that stuff, but no, it's great. Yeah, I, I I'm just maybe I just reached the age too. I hate, I hate anything that's spoon fed to me. Cinema. You know, I want, to, I want yeah. to feel invited into the story. I want to feel engaged, and I want to do the same thing when I'm writing or drawing something. I want. I want the people reading it to feel invited to be part of the story.
3: Yeah. Even if that makes
2: them angry at me and I lose some people, you know. <laughs> when the storytellers um, are filmmakers,
3: the they trust you and you feel like, like you said, it's not being spoon fed to you. And it's, it's, you're, you are more engaged and it is, it is just such a, it's just a, a better experience What a film.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, are, so are you guys excited about uh, Crooked Man? Oh, yeah. <laughs> dumb, yes. dumb question. I'm sorry. I mean, obviously.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean,. Especially
2: with Chris and Mike my, my drawing it. I mean, writing it, I can't.
3: Yeah. I can't yeah. Wait. For sure. Directly involved. That's yeah. what we
1: want to see. Yeah. I, I, I try not to. Like, there's a part of me that wants to obsessively, like, find out every no, detail. I'm and then not. there's another part of me that's <laughs> like, let me just wait and so I could be surprised about stuff. But I went as far as to, like, because wa- I'm not familiar with the guy that's going to be playing Hellboy, but I've watched a bunch of interviews with him just so I can hear him talk, so I can just kind of <laughs> like picture yeah. in my head what what that's going to be like. And, I, I, and I'm and i already excited He's about it. He's also an it, actor,
3: so, so maybe yeah. he'll use a different voice.
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, I like his... Anyway. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> let me like Let me be nerdy about this and like it. He's the guy
3: that watches trailers, and I'm the one that's like, I don't want to see or hear any of it. So...
1: Mm. it's a very, yeah. I've, I've kind of start, started to slow down on that too though because like I, I get stuff spoiled for I can't, me I don't they, wanna... they spoil everything I just want to
3: watch trailers. the movie yeah. anyway anyway fine.
0: yeah with
2: age that's happened to me like I've definitely like I used to like just I read every article or you know every piece I could I could get ahead of time I was yeah. I was all for um and now I'm like I'm ready just you know wait wait for it to happen you know yeah um, yeah I don't need I'm to see a commercial so for a
3: thing I know that I want to see it already yeah the other thing is like, it seems like trailers
2: and commercials are just designed to make you hate them anymore. Like there's you know, so many stuff. We'll, we'll watch a trailer for it. And like, I think from the story that I picked up on this, I'm interested in it, but like, I hate it the way that they, this whole oh, sure. inspiration yeah. music is like telling you how to feel. And like,
3: yeah and if you
2: feel like, 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 like people when they make trailers, they should ask themselves: Does this feel like a parody of a trailer? For <laughs> you know, like this- when you watch a Saturday Live, and you know they're they're oh, doing sure. a trailer of the next. You know, whatever kind of film, whether it's a thriller or a fantasy or whatever, and like sometimes it just
3: feels that way. I'm like,
2: oh, like think about what you're doing here, guys. Like,
3: yeah, yeah. they're trying to appeal to the broadest this, like, audience possible instead right. of like. You know, yeah. show off the film, which I understand obviously. Yeah. That, but that's why I don't watch them. It's not for me. I don't need to watch that. Yeah. Like I'm either I will watch this movie or I won't. So it's kind of like I don't need to see that. Yeah, we're going to watch. Anyway, that's my rant about trailers. <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs>
2: no, I I agree with you.
1: Well, I know that. Um, do, do you guys play video games? I, I know Taki plays some video games, right?
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: So she's playing games right now.
1: Oh, nice. <laughs> nice! Are are you guys excited about the new Hellboy game that's coming out? Have you heard about that? Hell yeah! A, now now yeah.
2: that I've been looking at a lot, like nice, I, you know, yeah,
1: yeah that looks Waiting awesome. for it to come out. I'm, I'm
2: just, so like, super excited. It looks
1: about really good. Of that. Yeah, nice. So, yeah. so is that the type of thing where do you each have to have your own Switch to play it on, or can you share consoles, or how does that work? <laughs> <laughs> we take
2: turns. We're good at taking turns. Okay. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right do you right ever now, play co-op. co-op we try but like a lot of the co-op games that to be honest they're just not i don't know like if we were both doing drugs and on meth yeah it'd be great <laughs> oh because I mean, that's what they seem like they they all seem like they're coming at you like a thousand miles and i'm old sure yeah. sure. You know, like,
3: it's too flashy <laughs> sure um, i think like an rpg turn-based kind of a person as well so that's kind of i like it slow
0: yeah yeah like
3: talking and i for the past
2: two years i'd say the entirety of our game playing has been 90 percent a combination of um assassin's creed odyssey and witcher 3 right on especially odyssey is just the perfect game for me on, on on every level it's rewarding it's like they psychologically they just hit all the right buttons for me you know
0: and
1: well it's, isn't that the one, Didn't they, don't, isn't there like a museum mode too, where you oh, can just yes. like check out, it. you can just like, I, I don't want to fight anyone, I, I just want to walk around and just look at all the pottery. That's <laughs> what I told John, I was like, I don't
3: want to do this game because it's too much fighting and I'm not good at the combat, and he goes, there's a version of this game where you just walk around looking at stuff, and I was like, give, yep. give, that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm a history nerd, so like it's yes. great, you get these tours and stuff, and
0: awesome. the thing
2: I love about Odyssey is is it's there's no film or television show or, or any... Visual medium outside of well, reading a book that really just drips you in the greek classical world you know this is yeah. this is amazing and you just really feel like you're in it um so that's one of the reasons i love it i love the history parts i even start to love like because i because i'm older i grew up where video games were just always badly written and it's hard for me sure. to <laughs> sure to, to it's only recently that i started to go oh wait that's changed You know?
0: writers <laughs> yeah yeah yeah.
2: and like at first i didn't pay attention to odyssey's story but like we started to eventually and i was like oh my god like this is pretty fun this is really good good." like even the the main character um the the real main character is cassandra and she's your classic just great hero she's just flawed enough she's really perfect she's awesome but the guy i really started to love because um He's kind of like Ash from Army of Darkness. Like he's unintentionally <laughs> a little stupid and funny, <laughs> and it just adds this whole other layer of enjoyment to it. I'm sorry, this is a sidetrack, but no,
1: no, <laughs> no we, we love, it. love it. This is great. I, I love Assassin's Creed. Did you read? I mean, did you play the um, bl- uh, the fourth one, Black Flag? Did you play that? The pirate? No, one? I,
2: start, I my whole introduction to it, both of ours introduction was um, Odyssey. So like, I didn't even understand like when they were doing the the, the modern stuff. I was like. What are they
3: Why is oh, this happening? It's cool. You can just jump in on any one of them and still have a great gameplay yeah, experience. So what was the Egyptian one?
1: That's um, the one before Odyssey, Okay, I think. Uh,
2: Yeah, which I, we also recently just played. And again, I loved it for the the, the, the history of it. Yeah. Really interesting history time period. Um, you I like know, the I walk around right version. Up. Yeah. I mean, and, and you can watch those on YouTube too. So like you don't even have to really.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but in the uh, in the pirate one, you can you collect all the sea shanties. And then yeah. when you go out on the sea, all the guy, they'll sing, they'll sing songs. They'll sing the
3: ones that you collected. And
1: it's, uh, I love that. That's my favorite part <laughs> like... of that is collecting all the sea shanties. And then I can't wait to get <laughs> back on the boat to hear them and sing hear all the, the new guys, songs again. The boys. Anyway.
2: I heard you guys talking about that in one of the, the podcasts. Yeah, I, and
1: I, I got to admit,
2: but the thing is, with like a sea shanty or any of the traditional folk songs, it has to sound raw. Like I, I, I really hate it when it sounds like it was recorded in a studio. You know, right. like sure. it's kind yeah. of sound raw. You know, and that's what I liked about the sea shanties that that I heard from John. The we
1: were into sea
3: shanties before it was cool. Before
1: it was cool, yeah, <laughs> and after, and also after, and was, also after, after it was, after it was, it was cool, school. yeah. <laughs> Uh, we. Uh, <laughs> I want to
3: bring this back.
1: Yeah, let's bring it back. Yeah, our, uh, no, it's all good. Jan Falkenberg asks, "Who are your main influences besides Mignola?" I think it
3: might be Jan. Is it Jan? Or Jan, Jan
1: Falkenberg. I don't know. What
3: so, who are your Ask main influences win. besides Mignola? You
2: know, Mike goes goes back really far. Um, but Art Adams, as I mentioned before, is really oh, yeah, literally yeah. why I became a comic book artist. It, I was reading comics when I was like twelve, thirteen, and I moved from New Jersey to Texas, and I wasn't like adjusting well. Um, so like, mm-hmm. you know, I locked myself in my room and I found some comics. I was tracing them here and there and having fun. And then X-Men Annual 9. Nice. There's only a handful of comics that I can name like that. It's X-Men Annual 9 right. and New Mutants 2, which was Art Adams. Um, X-Men Annual 9 was inked by partially inked by Mignola too, which was so
3: cool. kind of kismet.
2: Oh, wow. um, the, the cover was, it was an homage to Jack Kirby's Thor number one, but kind of in like a Walt Simonson style for, you know, it was a big influence on, on art. Yeah. Um, and those books, and they were set in, in Norse mythology. So all of these things kind of came together for me on those books. It was how I it's... wanted to draw, which was Art Adams. Right. It was the subject I wanted to be, I was interested in, which was fantasy in general. But then- yeah learning about Norse mythology through the comics became a huge part of my everything that that I've become as a, as a writer and artist.
0: Yeah. Um, So those were huge,
2: huge, huge influences on me.
1: Oh yeah. That is so, yeah. It's a take on the first appearance of Thor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then outside of that, like um, Steve Rude became a really big influence on me as well as Alex Toth. Um, And I think, Steve Rude, Mike Mignola, and Alex Toth are probably still the sort of main inspirations for me. In fact, next to my desk, I'll, I'll just keep books that I can flip through, and there's all Mignola, Steve Rude, uh, Alex Toth. Yeah, mo- mostly those cats. And, and depending on, like, the project, you can see more or less influence of other people in my work. You know, like, like the, the pro- project itself will speak to the kind of quality of line work. And I don't mean quality isn't good or bad, but I mean the, the, the way it's, it's approached um so blue book is a little bit different than say dick tracy all of which are different than powers and murder inc and
3: wanting to talk about blue book this whole time
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love it so much
3: oh thank you thank you such a huge like ufo fan i love ufos Mm. everything to do with ufos i love x files i love all of that so when john was like hey michael oming has a book (laughs) And there's UFO. Give me that. Oh. Give it to me right now. I was so excited, and I love the limited color palette. And I just love, I love it. It's fantastic. Oh, Sorry to nerd can... out on you about your book, no, but no, I really, no. I'm really enjoying it. It's so rare Reader I get a chance to be like, hey, yeah. I love this. Yeah. We're
2: huge you. UFO alien nerds ourselves. um I mean, I grew up with, you know, like like In Search of was a big influence on me. Yeah, I was yeah. watching them in the, the the reruns, but they were. On like UHF, so everything was degraded, and it gave this sure. extra layer of creepiness. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then obviously, like X Files and stuff. So yeah, yeah. I'm right, right, on, right in there with you. Like, and and the opportunity to work with not just to work with James Tinian, but on this kind of UFO thing, right? It like, it wouldn't make sense or ever happen, um, but because of the circumstances with the platform that Substack was giving, with um, the finances to be able to sort of tackle something without having a question like, how marketable is it? who is sure. the audience, who's going to sell to, it gave us a chance to do something that just wouldn't make sense normally, to do a very straightforward, almost journalistic version of yeah. the UFO uh,
1: lore. And, um, and thank
2: you. It's been...
4: Thank some, you like, for doing
2: time. it. That's
3: great.
1: Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned earlier, like, um, one of the things that you liked about you know Duncan and Mignola's art is mm. they put you in the story and yeah. and and blue book is i mean you are putting us in there it is so ominous and scary oh, yeah, and spooky. the shapes in there um <laughs> the it, it's really good stuff and uh when you were talking about that earlier I was well you're doing that i mean you are definitely doing that in, in this book too I'm really excited for project. That's a project. Monarch is the one that I'm excited. Mm. for. <laughs> um, I, I'm really excited for that to come out. Um, that's the
2: opposite of Blue Book, and that one scares me a little bit. I had to re- <laughs> I rewrote that several times even after the artwork was done. Ah, oh, geez. Um, because what started out as like a a conspiracy satire, you know, like it felt like satire died in like uh, 2016, 2017. Or right. something. Yeah, yeah, it really did. Yeah, and I had to like really question. And I was like. Am I glorifying some stuff here that I shouldn't be? Because sure. I okay, I like see. One, yeah, one time, some of this was like fun, and wacky, and absurd, <laughs> and it went from being absurd to mainstream, and now we're like, I got to make sure people know that this is a satire, right? You know? <laughs> right. But having a lot of fun I'm working with Victor Santos on there, we're just doing over the top, crazy stuff. Jesus shows up on burnt toast and there's like <laughs> MK Ultra stuff and you know there's yeah. guns, with guns and you know we have a lot of fun so um hopefully people are, are gonna dig it
1: yeah i love um i love historical fiction i mean that's one of the things i love the most about the hellboy comics and um mm-hmm. you know to hear that you're tackling that and putting a satire spin on it that's like that's my jam right there i'm yeah. really excited for it that sounds book. awesome
0: <laughs> yay <laughs> <laughs>
4: We had another question for one of our listeners. I doored. They asked, uh, in Hellboy Conqueror Worm, the guy that is sent into space to be possessed is called Dr. Oming. Is this a shout out to you or just a coincidence? It
3: cannot be a coincidence. Come on. <laughs> That's not This is
2: one of my favorite moments in comics. You know, and I've been able to co-create a book that lasted for 20 years. It's been optioned several times. Television show. won an Eisner. one in a Harvey. Eagle Award. There's all the kind of cool stuff that happened. Having Mike Mignola name a Nazi scientist after me—the <laughs> <it's an> best <interesting laughs> moment in comics
4: ever—and <laughs> right.
2: it came in at a really great time too. My career has gone through um, several ups and downs. Well, really, just one really big one, which was <clears throat> I started out in comics like really young and did exactly the way the blueprint should work, where I go from indie comic to slightly bigger comic, getting attention from Marvel and DC, and doing small jobs for them, which leads to bigger jobs and. You know, eventually I'm drawing uh, Judge Dredd and uh, doing foot soldiers and doing these big things. And then like the mid-90s happened, uh, the the collapse of the comics market happened.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, And my son was born and I wasn't bringing in money and I had to get a, quote, real job. And I hadn't had a, quote, real job ever, except for like washing dishes and delivering pizza for a little bit when I was young. So, you know, it was really demoralizing on on one level where I felt like I was a failure and like, the career wasn't working out the way it was going to, and you know, and I had to really step back from comics. Um, and at the time, I was like, "Well, I'm still going to make comics. I'm going to make them on my own thing, and you know, they'll get out whenever they get out." And but it's just not going to be what it was, and I'm probably going to end up working just a regular job for most of my life. And one day, I'm I'm, I'm getting ready for work, and I'm putting on the security outfit because I, I decided I'm going to have a real job. I'm going to be able to draw on it. So if I'm a security cop, <laughs> i I can sit there in the, this parking lot and draw comics,
0: sure. which
2: is where powers came up and uh, hammer the gods and mice Templar, like all created wow. on the job. Well, I'm a security guard. So one day I'm getting like the, the, the tie on like literally a tie and all that kind of stuff. Right. And Mike calls me up and he's like, uh, I don't, a lot of people do a Mignola impression. I can't really do it. Um, <laughs> but he's like, You're German, right? And I go, well, I think so. Cause there's a whole other story involving." <laughs> We can get into it later, uh, which also involves Nazis, weirdly oh, okay. enough. And I, well, yeah, but I'm not actually noming, Oming, but yeah, the, the name is German, right? And he goes, okay. And then yeah, he told me he was going to name like a, a, I don't know if he told me it was a Nazi at the time or he just,
0: <laughs> you know.
3: Um,
2: but it felt good. Like I was like, I got a call from like as I was going off to this job and it helped put things in perspective. And then that's awesome. Yeah. Just seeing the character name that, even though he's this crazy, you know, <laughs> crazy scientist who turns into a giant space worm. I was like, that's me. That's, me.
3: that's cool <laughs> that he called you and told
2: you that that was
3: happening. That's amazing. Yeah, that's
4: awesome.
2: Yeah. There's some decor that if you're going to name
3: somebody after a Nazi,
2: you should <laughs> talk to them first. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, what I got from that story was you didn't let anything stop you. Nothing stop <laughs> you from, from seriously from making comics, and we're I know that we're all so grateful for that. I mean, that's yeah. that's incredible, yeah. we an amazing story.
0: Uh, I mean,
2: yeah, the- yeah, it's just super exciting. That was that
3: was really fun. I'm glad people have noticed it,
2: oh, yeah. Nice. And Mignola and Bendis are the only people allowed to call me Nazi outside of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
3: so I've got one Matt Smith, the Hellboy artist for Hellboy Bones of Giants and Hellboy in Love asked yeah. oh. when will you be doing another Hammer of the gods issue, and can I do a variant cover for it? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh, you know, matt God, I love Matt's work
2: like I saw his stuff when he was doing barbarian Lord, and I reached out to him, and, and we've been talking about working together for a while,' it's just sometimes it's hard to get the stars to align and stuff um Hammer of the gods was again, that goes back to that. That issue of 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 X Manual Nine, like mm-hmm. it just excited my idea about like superheroes and the, the the larger mythology world and how those things uh, intersect. And you can see that in Matt's work, you know.
1: Yeah. Um so, Yeah, that's yeah, a that's really fun book and you, you get to tackle all the yeah. Viking stuff in there too. You get to, that's really Yeah, cool. but Matt
2: does that so much better. I'd rather just write it and have him draw it.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Guys, Bones of Giants was so good. And I can't wait for, for um to get all these issues of uh Hellboy and Love. Yeah. yeah, it's been yeah. really
1: good so far. And um yeah, he does a great job. He's doing an awesome job on that book. He's the best. It's so funny that to get a question from him though for you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well we're yeah, really not fans of each other's work. We're just constantly online, like, oh my god, that's so amazing. That's you know, so whether sweet. it's my work or his work and um and it feels good because we get each other, you know. Sometimes yeah. you like Other artists, because they're not like you, you know, because they are so different. But like, you know, there's a few there's a few artists out there like Victor Santos, so I'm working with and pal John Broglia and Matt that, yeah, it's the similarities and there's like there's an understanding there. So and I was jealous that he did Bones of Giants. I mean, I own the art from the the book. That's the one that I wanted to do. Uh,
1: (laughs) Maybe like you could challenge him to an arm wrestle or did you think about doing that? For...
2: <laughs> oh, I, I wake up in the morning like putting cream on my, my shoulders because they hurt. So I'm not arm wrestling anybody anymore. <laughs>
0: Plus,
2: but he's got a real like man's beard. He could totally take me in arm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is that where the arm wrestle power comes from? The beard?
2: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> in my youth, I had an inner beard, but I, I can never grow it out
1: that's what that's what got me through the arm wrestling days i see okay there you go um another another listener e Burson asked he wanted to ask you about your creative process for original material such as powers and cross bronx versus working on already established properties like hellboy uh, and then which do you prefer do you prefer yeah working on your own stuff or do you, do you like just being able to get a script and just hammer it out
2: i mean most of my work is, is creator owned stuff on on one level or another when i work on something like like hellboy while it's not mine and and i don't own it there's an aesthetic about it maybe because i understand it really well um sure. i'm so connected to the the creator and, and to the world it doesn't feel like work for hire you know and like all that same sort of level of, of not just love but there's a subconscious level of I guess I'll use the word quality that comes out that doesn't happen when I'm say working on other work for hire jobs. Um, Sometimes those work for hire jobs are intimidating, you know, so like you're trying to do your best because it's, you know, X character and they they mean this this much and so much and stuff. So you kind of choke up a little bit. Um, But there's a familiarity with with something like uh, Abe Sapien or even frankly, when I did um, Dick Tracy, which I didn't own, it, it had that feeling of something that was, was creator owned. And there's, it's just a different kind of feeling that comes out through it. And, and I guess what I'm saying is I definitely, I enjoy doing work for higher work and I, and I, and I will always do work for higher work, but, um, yeah, I do definitely, there, there's something about coming up with your own stuff that is just special. Um, in fact, the next thing that I'm doing, which <laughs> it's too early to even talk about really mm-hmm. because, um, There's several books coming out already. We've got murder Inc is about to come out again. We've got uh, a blue book. There's project Monarch coming out. So I don't want to clog up the lines, but the thing that I'll announce after that is the first time I'm writing, drawing, coloring, and lettering everything.
0: Wow. Um, Wow.
2: That's the most creator owned that I'll ever get. You're really (laughs) working hard. (laughs) Wow. Well, we're looking forward to that. Is there,
3: I mean, that's amazing. That's, that's I'll send big you guys name. off.
2: I'll send it to you guys off, off after afterwards.
1: Oh my god. Oh god. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. We would love that. I was about
3: to be like, is there anything else you can tell us about it? But yeah, no, thank you. That's fine. <laughs> thank you, please. Yes. Um, but no, so this type of sentiment that you're talking about where you're like, oh, I there's this there's this feeling of reverence towards the material and you know, all this stuff, there's a familiarity with it. That's that's consistent across the board with the creators that we've, you know, spoken to or the the Interviews that we've seen, and and I think that's something that makes the mignola verse so special. But it also makes it really, these individual artists work so special because they really care and they take the time to to give a shit. I guess I don't know. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just <laughs> such a special. Yeah. I don't know. And so it's you're not going to find any guys that are like, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of did it. So whatever. There's and nothing. It's
2: interesting, too, that I, like of all the like other creator that. stuff that's out there that has other people doing work on them. Um, I don't know of any other series that has this thing, which I hadn't even realized until, you know, we're speaking now. Yeah. And there's a lot of other books that have a lot of, a lot of other creators that have other people doing work on it, but there is something unique about this. That's just, it's, it's. it's, Can you think of anything else that's like that? cannot.
1: No. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I was actually having a conversation with someone about it where we were talking about like outside of Marvel and DC, like I think this would be the next, or I don't know, or maybe like the, Jack Kirby's Fourth World or something. Oh, that's part of DC, though. That's, that's part, part of DC. DC yeah. So yeah, like I mean, I don't know, I don't know what else exists that's that expansive and en- encompass so many different books and through lines and. But this, artists. Yeah,
3: it attracts artists and writers and I, mean, I guess mignola himself. I don't know. Like so, the chooses to surround himself with artists that really care about their own work and and so will care about his work and and so bring something yeah. to the table. And I think that it's um it's just such a special. That's I mean that's why we were attracted yeah. to it I think ultimately yeah. is because it is special in that way.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's you know what's weird too is it's huge like and, yeah. and I mean like like the, the the volume of work that come that spun out of it. I know Mike never planned it, um, and when you're comparing it to like the Marvel, you can only get, really compare it to something like the Marvel or DC universe. You know, yeah, even though yeah, those yeah. are much larger, like I would say, like as far as like size of these superhero worlds or comic book worlds, it's you know there's not much larger than Hellboy. Like yeah. it goes like probably Marvel and DC, one or two of the image books that have been around for a long time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then there's Mike's stuff and then everything else is like a distant, like the, it it was, it's just such a huge world. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's been really cool to be able. And, and I think like it, it attracts these different artists and then what we've enjoyed or what I've enjoyed a lot about it is, you know, then I look at these artists and yes. I'm like, well, now I want to see more of their stuff. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, exactly. So then you know you start checking out some of other guy davis's stuff and and your stuff and, i've yeah. gotten into Duncan a lot of enough,
3: artists that you know? way but it's also the reverse of where <laughs> i'll get an issue and be like oh my god it's this guy is doing it wow i can't believe so and so is doing hellboy or yeah. whatever so, it is yes, it's, that it's also that so yeah and some of it it's their
2: best work like duncan's work i've always been a huge Duncan fan i mean he's sure. brilliant yeah. everything he does but he, dude, he just hit this other level with his hellboy work yeah yeah um, yeah just amazing and, and and Matt Smith's work right now like I've seen him do work outside of his own stuff but there's there's something where he's both leveled up his work on Hellboy but it also mm. still has like his looseness and cartoonishness still so like sure yeah it just tends to bring out the best in people uh Jason Sean Alexander's
4: stuff like oh yeah it's mm-hmm. incredible
3: well it's like you were saying it's like people get to this point like oh shit it's Hellboy I gotta straighten up a little bit you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta do
4: this when you were saying, like, uh, earlier, when you said um, that you were excited when a person comes on, I believe you were the, you were like that when we were, first got to our first Oming story. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't yeah. going to say that because I don't <laughs> want
3: him to think I'm just fangirling <laughs> over here. But, yeah, like, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oming's drawing. Oh, this is so cool. Like Anyway. Yeah. Thanks. Well, I'm I'm a fan of you
2: guys. I mean, like, it's not just hearing you, like, recap the stories, but your opinions and insights into it. And tying it into stuff that I haven't read or that I've forgotten. Like, you know, if you're a Hellboy fan, you should be listening to this podcast. Aww, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I
1: really appreciate that. Our <laughs>
2: love
3: for the work that all y'all have done has led to us speaking directly with some of our favorite creators. And that is something that I can't even describe how special yeah, that is. Yeah. So thank you for your time. Yeah, say Thank you for coming yeah. on the show. We appreciate it. Sincerely. Thank and- you.
2: Thank you. Hopefully we'll do it again in the future. We'll have some, more, some yeah. more stuff will come out. We'll do something.
3: Absolutely.
4: So, you know, we also have another podcast where we read things other than Hellboy. Uh, Do you have anything that you'd recommend that you've done that we should read over there?
3: Blue Book. Blue Book.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Blue Book and Murder, Inc. Well, you know, I mean, I'm happy to promote any of my stuff. (laughs) We're also happy for you to do that on,
3: what's the podcast called, Aubrey? What's it called? Uh,
2: Book Club Member Comics. Book Club Member Comics. My goodness. Book Club Member Comics. All right. Yeah, let's do it
1: yeah we i can send
2: I'll, i can send you just i'll just send you a bunch of pdfs and stuff and you guys can pick
4: no oh, man
1: well um so Choice. i did I, I did want to talk about the books that you have out now so murder inc is coming back that was a book that i it was at marvel right you and bendis were doing that over there You've been everywhere yeah, yeah. you jumped around for volume one and volume two
2: yeah we started did it actually i don't know if it if it Actually came out through DC. I can't remember, but you know, the pandemic's like so screwed up my brain. Right. Yeah,
3: in yeah. <laughs> same boat.
2: But yeah, this this volume. Um, so it, it Murder Inc. For those who aren't aware, it's it's an alternate history of the United States where um, the FBI never took the mafia down in the uh, '70s and '80s, and uh, yeah, we go some wild, crazy places. And and again. It's been tough keeping up with reality, um, <laughs> you know, because, like, when you realize, oh, the next step for the mafia is really, like, corporate mafia stuff. And then you realize, oh, wait, that's kind of going on. That literally All happens. The <laughs> uh, but Brian's found some really wild ways to, to bring things about in this next, uh, this next arc. So it's, it's oh, our, our favorite arc of, of Murder, Inc. Yeah. Full of noir stuff. Taki's doing, like, crazy storytelling with the coloring Um, we're, we're, you know, I'm really excited for people to say it. It's it's some of my favorite work. Awesome.
1: Awesome. I have to read this. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, and then you've got Blue Book, which is out now. And I think issue three just came out of that. And that has been tremendous. I mean, and so that's like a nonfiction paranormal stories and stuff like that with you and James Tinian.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We're having a blast on that. Um, he also loves this stuff. And we did a really fun event with Dark Horse at, um, here in Portland. They did at the, um. Hollywood theaters, like one of these old fashioned theaters with like balconies and, you know, nice. extravagant walls and all that stuff. And we, we did a showing of Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we, we did a showing of uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And awesome. then we did a Q&A afterwards. And, oh, and wow. We so we're doing tons of that. And what was really fun too, I got to do a backup story in issue two um, called The Green Children. Uh, which was for, for part of their uh, weird stories, uh, true weird stories. Right. Um, and, and then I got to tap into the whole, you know, fairy tale, folk tale stuff. And that was a lot of fun to get to write and draw. And, and um. then we have our next story arc for that is about like Kenneth Arnold and the earliest sightings of UFOs. And like how it quickly gets weird with disinformation and people trying to cash in on stories and weird FBI stuff going on. Like there's these. One of the earliest stories is is this event that took place in Washington called Maury Island, where these people saw th- this object like kind of falling apart in the sky, and it like fell onto this ship, and they got pieces of it and stuff, and then like uh, Air Force guys came out to investigate, and they their plane crashed afterwards, and like one of the witnesses to this thing is his name like this guy named Fred Crimson something, and. He was later arrested as one of the three um, hobos during the JFK assassination. Wow. Like,
1: oh, wow. That's weird. Wow. <laughs> There's several levels to that one. Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah. Wow. It's, it's pretty bizarre. It's like Hellboy. In, it's, like, it's like BPRD in real life, though.
1: Yeah.
2: You know? <laughs> that's awesome. So I have a lot of fun on Blue Book, for sure.
1: Awesome. And awesome. Uh, and then you've got Project Monarch coming out soon after that.
2: Yeah, that'll be um, September uh, as, as, a, as a graphic novel.
1: Yeah. yeah it's nice. Oh, nice. And then uh, and then you've already kind of teased a little bit. You've got a, a future project. Oh, so it sounds yeah. like you've got a, a lot of stuff lined up. Any chance yeah. you any chance you'll come back to the Hellboy universe sometime? Sure. That, that's all I can say. That's, <laughs> that's all you can do. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <right> <laughs> <up>. <laughs> I mean,
2: I, I will say, like, I did, you know, like when I turned fifty and I was thinking about, you know, what I wanted to do more of like I let it be known, and like, yeah, you guys have some openings in the future, you know. Because I, I and I feel like I had to say that mostly because because I do so much creator-owned work, um, I know if I don't ask for work, it won't be offered. Because the right. assumption is I'm working on three or four books, and I am You're working too on busy, three or four right. books. But I, I need to diversify and do more.
3: So <laughs> that's what Adam Hughes was saying. Yeah, is that he was like, yeah. I don't have any work, and then I did a bunch of interviews, and then I was like, I don't have any work, and then he got a, like more <laughs> than he can handle, like a bunch of work all yeah. of a sudden. So
2: yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, yeah, you. I think there's a bad habit a lot of us have, especially when we're coming up. And you're like kind of the hot thing, and like so people are constantly asking you for stuff. But often there's an assumption that you're busy, um, yeah. so you, you got to get out there. You know, you you know, even though you've, I've been around for 30 years, I I still got to hustle. You know, and um, that's not a bad thing.
3: Hey, you heard it here. He'll do it. <laughs> He'll do it. Excellent. Well, we'll talk to you over on the book club members podcast about some uh, creator owned stuff in the future if you like.
1: Yeah, that would be great. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, Excellent. awesome thanks so much guys thank yeah, you thank so much you. really appreciate, really appreciate it. it thank you for your time
3: yeah
2: no i don't go out so this was this was like having drinks with friends or something this is close oh. get to going out so i appreciate
1: it uh, i appreciate that it's <laughs> lovely but, thank yeah you. it's been a lot of fun and i'll be linking all the uh, all the books that we talked about of yours i'll be linking those in the show notes as well as your print store um you have a print store where you, people can yeah. uh, get some of your art and they can buy your Omnibus. Am I saying that right? (laughs) Omnibus. I thought that was really, that's a good title. That's (laughs) that's great. um, So I'll link all those in the show notes. And yeah, definitely go there and and support Michael and check out his books if you're not already. And uh, God, this has been a delight. Uh, So great talking to you. I really appreciate your
4: time tonight.
2: Thanks so much, guys. Keep it good work. I'll continue listening. Thank
4: you. Alright everybody, that was super fun and it was really nice of Michael evenoming to come and join us on the podcast today. Let us know what you thought of the interviews and us a hey you damn guys at hellboybookclub at gmail.com Follow us on Facebook at Hellboy Book Club Podcast and on Instagram and Twitter at Hellboy Book Club You can also find all of our resources on our Facebook About section, our Podbean website and our link trees on Instagram and Twitter. You can get the podcast wherever you get your podcast from and when you're there, open it up and give us that five star review and if you're enjoying what you're listening, to, tell a friend have them join the book club because everybody should be a member yes do it we'll be back on hellboy book club podcast next month but next week we will be back over at book club member comics and we're going to be starting our journey of all star superman
1: yay! yay
4: so you guys know what to do both those back issues those trades the digitals the absolute edition which i just found out these two guys have uh look and join at, us look
3: at it in your mind palace
4: and join us next week on book club member comics Book club member comics
1: Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas.
3: I'm being abducted by a UFO. I'm singing sea shanties on the UFO.
4: (laughs) And I'm Aubrey. And I'm Michael. There we go.
1: Yay, we did it. (laughs) We did it. We wrapped up the show.